Warning, Family Ties Positive Vibes may or may not contain any positive vibes. However, it is sure to contain three members of the family trying their best. Welcome to Family Ties Positive Vibes, a podcast about our lives and the meaningless nonsense behind all of it. My name is Michael Summers. And my name is Linnell Summers. My name is John Summers. And this is the last episode of season one of Family Ties Positive Vibes. We did it. We kind of made it a whole year. We miscounted. We didn't realize that a season is usually three months long. We went closer to nine. Well, we started we started uploading in February. We didn't start recording in February, but we, that's when we started uploading them. Okay, well, we miscounted there again because it's been like seven months. Okay, well, close enough. We got episodes up. We only doubled it. It's fine. <laughs> so we're planning to take a little break. We'll take a couple of weeks off, and then you can watch for our season two. But in the meantime, we got to get through this episode. So, Mom, how's your weekend review been? My week has been fantastic. It's been a crazy year sports-wise. As you know, there's been, like, no sports. Yeah, people have had some trouble uh, getting into large groups for that. They have, and I think what really um, brought this COVID-19 seriousness into our lives was when the NBA stopped playing games. So everything came to a screeching halt. I think in March I did my first half marathon as a virtual all by myself. And then there just haven't been any other races or even any professional sporting events all summer. And it's a little bit strange. It's like we have nothing to train for. We're kind of losing our mojo, forgetting why it is we get up in the morning. Um, But all of a sudden, in August, they told us that there was going to be a virtual, not even virtual, a real Tour Mm. de France. And we were all kind of expecting that it might get canceled. But... Last Saturday was day one of the Tour de France, and it's been really exciting. I really enjoy it, even though I'm only an amateur cyclist. It's kind of a little hobby thing for me. I really like watching the Tour de France, at least the highlight reel, because I I can't stay home and watch it all day long. It's kind of fascinating. I like listening to the Lance Armstrong commentary after the fact. He and his friend George Hincappy spend about 30 minutes recapping, and then I watch the NBC Sports recap with Bob Roll, and pretty much then I have enough information to know what happened, at least the highlights, and it's fun. So I'm really enjoying coming home in the evenings and watching Tour de France highlights. Is the Tour de France over right now? No, only five stages, I believe, have happened so far. They have 21 stages. They will take two rest days And uh, actually, the riders are kind of expecting, I'm not sure what they know behind the scenes that they haven't said to everybody else, but the riders are riding really crazy. Like, they kind of expect that it might be only a nine-day race, and so if it's only nine days, they are riding much harder now to position themselves more towards the front. Mm. Uh, Because on day nine, if too many people have COVID and they have to close the race down, then whoever's in the lead then gets to be the winner. And if uh, after day nine, they continue the race into week three, those people are going to be really burned out and really sorry they raced so hard in the beginning of the race. But, you know, that's the nature of the event, and it should make for some pretty exciting viewing. Kind of a gamble this time. Is it more worth it to go bowl out of the gate in case things go wrong or slow and steady to see if we can get the whole thing done? Right, because, like, nobody knows how it's going to turn out. So how do you decide? Uh, Who's winning? Is it France? They do have a French cyclist who has taken uh, the yellow jersey. The yellow jersey is the leader who has the most points Mm -hmm. at that stage of the race. Um, There is a Frenchman who is a favorite, and everybody really loves it when a guy from France uh, takes the yellow jersey. 
So he had it for one day, but uh, I think the yellow jersey has changed hands every day so far. All right. Is it the same yellow jersey? Or do they like wash it or anything? Nobody has said, but I think they have multiple yellow jerseys. It's just who's allowed to wear it. I feel like it's like they have a few in the back. It's They're not hard to make. No. Not, not too expensive, but they probably don't want to use the same one each time. But amazingly, nobody's ever brought that up in any of the podcasts I've listened to. Well, I'm asking the hard-hitting questions right now. I know. I think We're going to have to get Lance Armstrong on the line and ask him. That's what I'm thinking. I might have to write in to Lance and ask him. <laughs> I really hope it's not going to be one of those, look at this moron asking a dumb question. Because I've listened to YouTube shows like that. I, well, I don't think Lance would do that. I mean, in the past, anybody who knows Lance, he's kind of a, I don't want to say bipolar. What's, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, Volatile? Either you love him or you hate him. There, He's really got no middle ground. His his fans either love him or his... Uh, his dissenters dislike yes, him. Yes, and not just a little bit, but like a lot. A polarizing personality. Polarizing. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. So uh, he has been that character in the past, but... I think it, as he has grown and matured, and I think he's taken in a bit of therapy, um, he's, he's really grown to be a much um, softer character. I think he would be open to some of the dumb questions because he understands who his audience is. And, you know, a lot of them are pro cyclists, and he loves that. But he does get a lot of the general cycling public that just love to ride their bikes. Well, I can't wait to see more of the highlights from this year because from what I remember last year, it can be really interesting to watch and listen to. It really can, yeah. yeah. Shocking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny how uh, cycling as a sport can be exciting to watch. People wouldn't think about it. John, how's your week been? Oh, my week's been all right. Uh, a fun little thing that I've managed to start uh, this last week was I am now the game master for a session of Dungeons & Dragons that my friends are throwing. So I'm making sure that they stay in line. I'm making sure that they have some fun and I'm trying to not break the rules too badly. They stay in line. That's a fun way of saying that you're all playing just community theater. <laughs> it's community theater, but without any of the props or acting, really. It's just a lot of improv. We have a few sheets of paper and they don't help us at all, really. <laughs> but we're enjoying it, so I'm fine. Yeah, no, I've been the game master for a few games of Dungeons & Dragons myself, and it's a weird experience. It's definitely not what anyone would think it's like uh, at first glance. I was kind of raised in that way that, like, uh, Dungeons & Dragons is a weird thing that nerds do, mm. and it's got monsters in it, so it's bad, and, like, that's definitely not how it is at all. I mean, nerds do play it. Yeah, it's just, it's gotten, it's gotten into the mainstream recently, I have to admit that. Okay, so when you say you were raised to believe that it was kind of... I say raised. It's more just like the societal expectations. If it showed up on TV, it was always like that geeky, nerdy thing. Okay. Or like, uh, one thing I think set that set my expectations was probably when I was like, uh, what, 11 or 12? You were definitely uh, a little younger, John. But on the Dr. Demento radio show, we had a, a bunch of compilation albums, and they have a a fake radio report listening in on a live uh, session of Dungeons and Dragons that portrays a really chaotic. They, they imply that it's like this satanic ritual that, uh, that brings you down to the darkness. And then you listen to it and it's just a bunch of like pudgy faced Cheeto dust fingered nerds sitting around and complaining about wanting to go further into the game and fight some monsters, but they can't agree on how to actually do anything. I attack the darkness. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people being silly. 
it can be a fun game. It can be a very chaotic game. It really depends on who you're playing with, of course. Yeah, and it's a de- it's definitely a different experience for you as the game master than it is as the players. Because mm-hmm. as the game master, you're not really trying to win so much as you are trying to create a plausible scenario that people won't look too deeply into or else the facade will fall for me. <laughs> yeah, really, as the game master, you're hoping that your players win. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want them to lose. But you don't want to make it easy. Yeah. Michael, what have you been up to these past couple weeks? Now that you ask, I've been mostly working on some personal projects. I had to order a lot of tools off of Amazon. I was going through an old box of stuff from like two decades ago, and I pulled out the very first Game Boy I owned, and it didn't work barely at all. Like, I could turn it on and it would make noise, but like the buttons didn't do anything, and like it was tough to see stuff on the screen, and it was just, it was dirty and gross. So I ordered a bunch of tools, and I decided I'm going to fix up all my old video game consoles, because most of them use the same kind of weird tools. It's just unnecessarily frustrating to like order one tool and i'm like okay now i can open it up okay there's another thing i need to open up now okay so i'm gonna order those parts and okay so there are some weird batteries here that i need to replace game boy cartridges have two different kinds of batteries some some cartridges have one kind of battery Mm -hmm. other cartridges have a different kind of battery is this based on the time frame or the developer of those cartridges i think it's based on like uh how large the save file in the game is Mm. it's not super important i suspect but they're not the battery they're they're like watch batteries but you cannot buy just regular watch batteries these ones need to have little special metal dongles that have to be soldered onto the cartridge itself wow okay so yeah, you have to learn how to solder them also? Luckily, I kind of know how to solder already. I already have a soldering iron. I'm just not good at it. I have a question. Is it pronounced soldering or soldering? It's soldering. It's just there's an L in the word, and I always forget that. I don't do it. Okay. I, I don't do it enough. I've never seen it spelled. I've only ever heard it said. Yeah, and that's why it's weird. I've never taken a class on it. I've only watched like two YouTube videos, and now I'm definitely... Not an expert, <laughs> but I don't think it was a bro- it was a broken, non-working Game Boy already. I couldn't make it worse. All right. So, do you still have some of the games that we got you for that first console? Yeah, I think I have almost all of them still. I I couldn't guarantee that. There are probably a few that have gone missing over the ages, yeah. but uh, like I've got all my old Pokemon games. I've got Toy Story Racing. I've got the Powerpuff Girl games. Whoa. Yeah. Like, okay, so Pokemon this... Yellow, I think that was the first one we bought for you? Yeah. You have that? I mm-hmm. I have a Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> okay. Michael has Pokemon Yellow. He also has the red and the blue and the gold and the silver. He's managed to collect a few over the years. But some of them, I think, were for different consoles. Uh, those five were for the same one, but you could slot them into a couple different consoles. Oh, okay. After that, it starts to get a bit messy. Okay. Yeah, but like, I don't think... I haven't gotten rid of too many video games. I've kept yeah. almost all of them in some form or another. Yeah. I may have gotten rid of them and had to replace them at some points, but I've kept a pretty good collection. It's just finding them when I put them away somewhere that can get tough. We know we have them. We're just not sure where. Yeah. And now I think that's a good point to go over to our song of the week. Do we have a jingle for that yet? Because I know we keep talking about the, that, but do we have it? The better jingle will be in season two. 
Okay, that's not filling me with hope. It's harder to record a good jingle than I thought it would be. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you a pass on that. Yeah, so John, what's your song of the week? If I haven't done this song before, I'm going to say Starlight Brigade by Tupperware Remix. That's a thing? Yeah, they kind of took their inspiration for their band name from a, from a different band that I'm not going to say the name of this time. It's explicit. A little bit. But mostly they just make weird electronic music. And the song John mentioned is actually a really good song, and I like it. I love that song. It's one of my favorite from my favorite album of theirs, uh, Together Through Time. And I have great memories of it. Uh, I do have a controversial take on it that the animated music video on YouTube is slightly... It's slightly worse, in my opinion, than just the music video, and or not the music video, just the music in general, because it cuts out a very key verse or a very key part of the song for me. I do hate it when that happens, when uh, there's a really good longer version of the song, but then everyone just knows the radio cut. Yeah, and it's fantastic animation, fantastic music video, I love it, but I feel like they did it dirty by truncating it. Yeah, that's fair. Mom, do you have a song of the week? I'm going to go with my favorite singer, Josh Groban, and one of his covers of a song that I have loved since I was a child. And my mom had the sheet music, and so I have played this song on the piano numerous times as, you know, the accompaniment version. But I have always loved this song, Bridge Over Troubled Waters. And friends just can't be. It's a really good song. It's actually one of my favorites from uh, that album he released. Yeah, I loved it when Paul Simon sang it, but then when Josh Groban recorded it, he just takes a song and makes it better. And now I've heard a rumor about the song. I don't believe this rumor, but I've heard it, and I think it's worth like at least mentioning. Some people have said it's uh, about something a little different than what you might think at first. Well, I remember as a child that I was... I was under the impression I wasn't supposed to like the song because I was told that it was about drugs. But then my mother had the sheet music, so very confusing. I loved the song. I loved the chord progressions. If I was a little bit more into the musicality of it, I could probably tell you why the chord progressions, um, you know, I don't know. It speaks to me. It's the musical, but, but also the words. And then I've seen some sites where people have recorded it in a, a like a Christian version where they imagine it to be, or, you know, at least visually, it um, equates with God. So, you know, bridge over troubled waters, God saving you, or at least reaching out of a hand to create a bridge for you to cross into a better place. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, it's a beautiful and poetic song. Mm -hmm. I love the music. I love how Josh performs it. I really do even love the words because I find it to be positive and inspirational. So, love the song. Yeah. How about you, Michael? What's your song of the week? My song of the week, I don't think I've picked this one. I'm a little nervous I have said it before, just because it's a really good song. I'm going to pick Green Day's Time of Your Life. 
So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life And this is a song that like I'd heard a lot it, it appears on the radio frequently I think I think so, too, because I'm familiar with this. Yeah, it's just one of those, I didn't realize it was a Green Day song for the longest time because they don't really play this kind of music very often. And maybe that's silly, because I know apparently they end all of their concerts with this song. (laughs) But uh, Green Day is kind of like a punk band, and this song doesn't sound punk in the least at first listen. It's a little melancholy. I wouldn't call it sad, but it definitely has a feeling of like, You're looking back on someone that's never going to be a part of your life again. And while you may have had good memories or bad memories with them, you do at least want them to move on. Yeah. It's sweet, and I love how it's played, and this is one of the songs that, like, I love to play when I'm practicing guitar. It's a really great song. I really like it. And I have to say, because this is the end of season one, we kind of didn't start out the season doing songs of the week, but we picked it up and have continued with it. One of the things I really appreciate about this segment is that I get to learn songs that you guys listen to and enjoy and appreciate, and you guys really pick some fantastic songs. There's a few that I probably wouldn't add to my running playlist, (laughs) but for the most part, I would say maybe 80% of your songs I would actually put on an iPod and take running with me. That's fairly generous. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait until we ruin that number, (laughs) when we ruin that statistic next season, because I'm going to go back to picking the weirdest songs I can. Okay, well, it's a challenge now. And now for a word from our sponsor. A&W Root Beer. You gotta love that sweet brown stuff. It's delicious! Yeah, I love that sweet brown stuff! So, John, you kind of wanted to talk about the medicinal properties of root beer. Are we talking about, like, the historically medicinal properties of root beer, or, like, modern? I mean, historically speaking, it was originally made to just make you feel better, I suppose. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was made as a medicine at first. Uh, And I will say that in Japan, root beer usually tastes like a medicine that they give to children there. So the Japanese people usually don't like it as much as other sodas. They call it masochist cider. Yeah, they have a very different view on it. Yeah. It, like, in the same way that, like, some people don't like how, like, that really strong cherry or, like, fake grape taste is because we have it in our medicine a lot. Yeah. Because that makes it better, right? No, uh, that's what they do in Japan. They make it taste like root beer, and then kids never want to drink root beer again. Which is unfortunate, because it's just so, so good. I would love to go to Japan and then just stand on a street corner with a hat in hand, chugging, just chugging cans of root beer. Blow all their minds. Yeah, like, that man is doing a horrible thing to himself for us. Here, let me give you... $4. That man is the most powerful man we've ever seen, and the medicinal properties of root beer are only making him more powerful. I'm stronger than I was before. It is good for your health. And I mean that in the sense that uh, it's a great stress release, it makes you feel happy, makes you feel good, and also bourbon's just fun. Yeah, so uh, everyone should drink more A&W root beer. I think we should say that one more time. A&W root beer. It's so good. A&W root beer. I love it. You'll love it too. I promise. Or your money back. Oh, okay. Hang on. We can't make that kind of promise on something that we're not technically officially endorsing. I'm I'm not affiliated with any grocery stores or anyone stocking A&W Root Beer, so 
You um, you broke the secret, John. You just revealed that we're not actually officially endorsed by AW Root Beer, and Michael, we're not getting any money from them. It's the end of season one. We'll see what we can do for season two. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to get a different fake sponsorship for season two, or maybe get a real sponsorship from AW Root Beer. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> And now for the actual topic for this week, because it's the end of the season, that's the perfect time to learn about us. Some people listen to podcasts backwards, and we realize this. So maybe we figured that maybe we should get some people to get to know us. I've never started listening to a podcast on its first episode. At best, I've started on the second episode. Uh, I usually start with the one that they've put out most recently, and then I realize if it's like a chronological, like a like a serial publication. Then I might jump back to episode one, but I don't start there. Yeah, so we're starting at the end, and then you guys can work back to the beginning. This is where we're going to introduce ourselves to you guys. Some interesting facts about us. John, you pulled up a big old list of weird stuff from the internet that you wanted to ask us. And we're just we're going to kind of trade off. So, yes, by getting to know us, we don't mean like our past or our histories or anything. We're going to instead pose some hypotheticals and some preferences. I want to get to know you guys like that. Okay. So, to the both of you, uh, what inanimate object do you wish you could eliminate from existence? It has to be inanimate. It must be inanimate. Like, how specific can I get? Well, I'm curious to know, how specific do you want to be? Is it just, like, one thing, or is it, like, all of a specific kind of thing? I would say one thing. So, like, you can't get rid of all bowls from existence, but you can get rid of all of this kind of bowl. Okay, I can work with that. I'm going to get rid of all the ice cream machines at McDonald's. They're not doing anything anyway. Yeah, that way they'll have to replace them. <laughs> they'll have to finally get new ones that actually work. Yeah. They have machines that don't work? Yeah, yes. have you... Okay, so this is like a big thing, and I guess you don't order ice cream from McDonald's that no, often. Not very but like half the time you go to McDonald's, their ice cream machine isn't working for various reasons. Either it's just like busted that day, or like the night shift forgot to clean it, and they need to clean it before it works, or just any kind of gross reason. It's like it's not refrigerating it, so it's just a bunch of slop in there. Yeah. There's a bunch of different... I've heard a ton of excuses for why the ice cream machine is broken, but it's basically, like, a popular culture thing that, like, you can ask 50-50, they'll say no. Okay, well, I, there might be something to the fact that it's a f piece of freezer equipment mm -hmm. because I do grocery shopping at Winco Foods, and one thing I have noticed, and maybe this is just the store that I shop at because I've got to say I've not been to any other Winco Foods. So my opinion here is based entirely on one store. But they always have a freezer down. Mm -hmm. It might be the one with pizza, or it might be the one with ice cream, or it might be the one with frozen potatoes, or it might be the one with frozen vegetables, or it might be the one with the frozen meals, or, you know, maybe the frozen lemonade, or, but there's always a freezer section that's down. So there's got to be something about freezer equipment that's very difficult to maintain. And at least by the law, law of large numbers, if you have enough things that are supposed to work, one of them won't. Yeah, the bigger the store is, the more likely something's going to be broken. But yeah. I never see that at a Vons or an Albertsons, only at Winco. I have seen it at an Albertsons, except all of the freezers were out. 
So that was a much worse scenario for them. Okay, well, I have to admit, I haven't been going to Albertsons lately, so it's possible it could be happening. Okay, so mom, what's your what's your hypothetical inanimate object that you'd get rid of? Okay, this isn't like just a one thing, it's like a plurality, it's like... It's like all of this one thing from existence. Yes, litter. Okay, I have to say mm. something about Bakersfield residents, and I don't know if this is uh, something that's peculiar to our little town, but people throw their trash everywhere, and it gets worse if you get out of, outside of town just a teeny little bit, like on the fringes of town, on some of the running trails we go on. Um, people will, like, pull up their pickups. I don't know when they do this. It must be, like, in the dark, cover of darkness. It would, like, be two more miles if they drove down the highway to go to the dump, but no, they pack their pickup back up into this area, and they just dump out all their shit. And it's not like... They're saving much time because, first of all, they had to put that shit in the pickup anyway. So, I mean, it's like couches and beds and baby furniture. And it's quite disgusting and annoying. And why the heck can't they just put it in the trash can or take it to the dump? Roadside garbage is a bad thing for the city. It's bad and it's nasty. Yeah, and I mean, like, I feel I feel like a jerk for not picking the nice eco-friendly answer that you did. <laughs> oh, d- no, <laughs> don't I, even. No, it's, it's more telling about our personalities, I think. <laughs> Michael goes for the funny one that's kind of true, but Mom goes for the hard-hitting ecological preventative disasters. <laughs> Sorry, my, my brain wanted the funny one. I just couldn't think of anything. It, it mattered more. It's fine. I know. Besides, you're more intimately aware with uh, rubbish and such because you go out in the world and run in it. Well, true. And bike. Because, yeah, did you know people shoot guns right off of being a road where we ride our bikes? Uh, uh, Mom, I know that people shoot guns wherever they want in this town sometimes. I know that. This is Kern County. They yeah. like their guns. Okay, Michael, do you have a question? I do. This is kind of a long one and more of a hypothetical dilemma all right so let's say that both of you independently of each other okay each have a really good friend and you and those that really good friend decide you want to commit a crime together okay and you get arrested okay and then while the police are talking to you they cut you a deal each independently they say okay technically we don't have evidence so if you rat out your friend, you get to go free and they get five years. But if you say nothing and they rat you out, you get five years and they get to go free. If you both rat out each other, you both get ten years. And if you both stay silent, you both get one year. A prisoner's dilemma there. Yes. Okay, okay at so the time, do you, do you well, rat your friend out? Okay, at the time that the police are offering you this deal and they have no evidence, they really aren't in a position to be making the deal. So the police aren't the people, and this I know from watching television. <laughs> this is where my grand knowledge comes from. They aren't really in the position to uh, make a deal. So I say, take your chances and don't say a thing. Mm-hmm. If this was the exact scenario, of course, I would uh, use my right to remain silent, of course, uh, and then say, I want a lawyer, and then I would enact my right to silence. But if I'm just choosing the real prisoner's dilemma problem right there, I'd stay silent, because if I'm willing to commit a crime with my friend, I'm willing to go to prison with my friend. You know what? That's fair. I think John is better at staying silent than I am, though, so I'm probably the risky choice. 
He, he would probably be over there having heartburn, afraid that I would open my mouth and say something. No, I would trust you. Also, it's, it's two different friends. Like, it's me and my friend, and then also you and your friend. It's two separate instances that just happened to happen. Okay. Yeah. Coincidental. Yeah, very coincidental. And I did recite this a little badly, but I was reading up about... It is... There's a Wikipedia article on it, The Prisoner's Dilemma. Where it's just one of those, like, weird little psychological game theory things. Mm-hmm. Where, like, something has to happen and you don't know what the other person's going to pick. Mm-hmm. So you don't know which option would necessarily be better or worse for yourself. There yeah. are typically four outcomes. One that is riskier and one that is safer. The riskier one will usually lead you to either be completely shafted or completely free. And the safer options usually... Well, usually you're getting a little dirt on you anyway. So like a longer sentence versus a shorter sentence? So it's kind of like I could choose to not attack that person, but they have the option to attack me. If I choose the moral thing and not attack them, they could attack me and I could die. Or we could attack each other and then we would both get hurt, but neither of us would die. Or I could attack them and then they would die, but I would be fine. Or we could just choose to not attack each other. I'm thinking choose to not attack each other. Yeah. Let's just make that pact right now. That is usually where I go with the prisoner's dilemma, which is, I'm trusting you. Don't mess this up for us. Yeah, so, Mom, do you have a question to ask all of us? I do. If you could choose your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Ooh, like prisoner style or like uh, I have prerequisite knowledge sort of thing? Well, Uh, in that you, you know, you know that you can eat anything you want and there is no consequence. Oh. So the end of the world is coming. And this is, this is my... And you can choose anything. Mm. You can have all the courses. You can have more courses, less courses. You know, whatever you want. Even if it's logistically difficult to... It's your last meal. You can have whatever you want. It's a genie's wish. Okay. Yeah. But for food. Okay. I think I would choose uh, probably Red Baron pizza. Really? Pepperoni on it. And also the special seasoning from uh, Papa John's on it. Okay. Anything to drink? Any dessert? I mean, I might have like a cup of root beer, some ice in it, keep it cool. A dessert, I don't know. Those are usually pretty filling. Maybe an Oreo. So a Red Baron pizza. You don't want some exotic pizza pie from like Chicago or New York or... No. Red Baron's a tasty pizza and I'm happy with them. Okay. (laughs) How about you, Michael? That was pretty quiet. I was pretty quiet with that, wasn't I? I Yeah. I was looking at you, Mom, and I wasn't speaking loudly. Sorry. Red Baron pizza. Yeah, that makes it much better. Thank you, John. <laughs> no problem. I love I love being helpful. Okay. Uh, this is a very specific meal. I just can't remember where I had it is the issue. Mm-hmm. But there was a steak sandwich I had in some coastal town. Uh, we were out of town. We were, like, I think, I think you and John were living in New Mexico at the time, but you had driven to California for something and... Uh, Grandma Jane and Grandpa Carl were also going to be here at some hotel and like we were all just all meeting up in this one town for some reason I can't remember the exact I can't remember exactly how it was all I know is I came in with dad and John came in with you mom and then whatever but before we all met up in that town dad and I got lunch at some restaurant and I had the best steak sandwich I'd ever had it was flavorful it was just the right amount of tenderness the bread it was served on was just delicious and a little bit flaky it was served with 
honestly, I can't remember much besides the steak sandwich. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was like a baked potato, probably. Maybe some kind of vegetable, like uh, like uh, broccoli. I don't know. And then I had a root beer on the side because I always have root beer. But it was the best meal I think I'd ever had. And I'm chasing that high anytime <laughs> I eat a steak ever again. Wow. And then for dessert, I'd have a choco taco. Ooh, tasty. You know, one thing I've noticed about doing endurance athletic events is that anything you eat after you've done a big endurance event is like the best thing you have ever eaten. I completely believe that, yes. The first century bike ride I had, uh, or I went on, they had uh, tacos at the end of the ride. Oh my God, those were tacos to die for. They, they were the best. And then I did my very first half marathon here in Bakersfield, and it was the homeless center that put on the uh, brunch afterwards, and they were serving up some tri-tip sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, again, like to die for. It was the best thing I had ever eaten. Other things that I've had after events, those are the two that really stick in my mind. But pretty much anything I have ever eaten after doing a big athletic event is like the best thing I ever ate. Yeah, it's just one of those things where like you're tired and you're wanting energy and suddenly you're just bombarded with flavor. Yeah. And also like street tacos are just the best kinds of tacos. So that's, a, yeah. those, that's probably why those were so good. It's objectively true. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Any other day of the week, any other time of day, those tacos probably would have just tasted ordinary. But that one day at that time, oh my God. They it were was handed. The best thing ever. They were handed down to you from the heavens and it was glorious. It was. So I think we might have enough time for one more round of questions. John, do you have another question you want to ask? I certainly do. So what do you guys think would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse? Don't say horse. Okay, I wasn't going to because that wouldn't be that cool. So you're like saying a generic... Imagine a horse. Now imagine another animal, but the size of that horse. So you say scaled to the size of a horse. Yes, up or down. Okay. So like, hypothetically... If I were to pick, say, are we talking like mass-wise, width-wise, height-wise? What, um, what's our scale? I am talking about uh, length, width, and height. All of those scaled up. And so the mass would go with it. So so like a giraffe, but with a shorter so, neck and maybe shorter legs? So imagine a giraffe, but you just kind of shrink that boy down. So it's still got the long neck, but the long neck is only about a foot now. So it's the same proportions of the giraffe, but it's now as tall as a horse. Yes. Ooh, I'm going to go with the giraffe. I think that would be cool. That was actually what I was kind of like working towards myself, just because I thought that was a funny image. But I think I'm going to go like the opposite. I think I'm going to, what's, what's, how do you pronounce it? The pangolin? The pangolin? Yeah. Oh, those little, yeah. They kind of look, they have the scaled back and such, and they walk with two legs. Yeah, they look like little dragon things. They got, they got those. This was the animal that brought us COVID-19. What? Yes. I don't think I want horse-sized pangolins then. <laughs> I'm, I'm changing my answer retroactively. COVID. I don't want that at all. Well, <laughs> through the magic of editing, it doesn't have to be here. Or we could leave it in and come up with an alternative. We do not know the exact source of the current outbreak of coronavirus disease 2019, but we know that it was originally came from an animal, likely a bat. 
Uh, the pangolin was brought up in conversation, or in news stories, I should say. It was brought up in news stories. It was reported to be the source at one point. I am looking at animals and COVID-19 from cdc.gov, updated August 24th, 2020. Uh, Go back to March. Okay, well, well like, then... Okay, then... well, what's the point of investigation? Okay. If we're gonna if we're gonna be looking at evidence back from when we had no idea what was going on compared to we have a much better idea of what's going on, I'm sticking with my answer after all. Well nobody you... told us why they discarded the pangolin. I mean I don't know why it was brought up in the first place. Because the bat is a much more likely Yeah. <laughs> bat I'm I'm more aware of bats having diseases that can spread to people and things. The pangolin never did anything wrong, I think. Maybe, probably not, but if it did, I will trust the pangolin on this one. Yeah, and Des- this this is the one time I'm going to give the pangolin okay. the I can't pronounce it. I the re- benefit of the doubt. I really hope it's pronounced pangolin. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I think you did a research paper on pangolins when you were in elementary school. I hope I did, but I have no memory of this. If I'm being honest, I have very little memory of my childhood. That's not bad. I, I know things happened in it. I just don't think I was there for them. Well, part of you was there. Maybe yeah. not. I mean, allegedly. I'm sure there was evidence, maybe. <laughs> my research paper when I was in elementary school was on monkeys. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember I did not want to do that animal. I, it was assigned to me, and I didn't enjoy a single moment of it. From what I know about monkeys, you don't want one for a pet. You shouldn't want one for a pet. I guess you can want like, one, you but can, they're you, a lot of work. You can want one for a pet, but you shouldn't have one as a pet. I don't think I want a pet that has opposable thumbs. Right. And can, like, start think, your car. Think yeah. for itself, have a level of consciousness close to a human's. Right. Notice where you put all your keys. So there's my answer of animals. I absolutely do not want scaled up to a horse. <laughs> not a monkey. <laughs> oh, by the way, I just looked this up. The mass of a Chinese pangolin, 8 pounds. A giant pangolin, 73. Good to ah. know! Okay. But that's a bit bigger, isn't that's, it? That's a, that's a little bigger, yeah. Well, it is called giant. Yeah. I want to look up the giant pangolin now. So, I mean, you guys can do your questions, but I'm just looking up giant pangolins. That's cool. My next question was just going to be the trolley problem. What's that? Okay, oh. so so you're driving a trolley down a track. Right. And you see on the track there's a person tied down to it. Oh, no. Don't do that. No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. There are five people tied five down to it. People? Five people? However, you have a lever you can pull that will divert the course of the trolley onto a different track. Okay. But this track only has one person tied down to oh, it. Oh, no. This... Do you pull the lever? Well, Am I able to recognize any of the people? <laughs> it's you're coming at them fast, but it's far away. You I pull cannot, the lever. Okay, I pull the lever. Yeah, one is better than five, but it's not good. I know, I know, it's a choice I have to make. But if I didn't make a choice, it would have been a choice anyway. Right. Yeah, that's one of those questions that I suspect is supposed to like get you to think like through inaction, are you still responsible for the consequences despite not actively doing anything to cause their death? Right, and then there but is if, that but argument. But if you do pull the lever, then you are definitely responsible for one person's death. Yes. And then you also factor in the greater good. So, you know, you pulled the lever, you saved five people, you did sacrifice one, but... So a net loss, a net, a net gain of four. Yeah. 
as opposed well, to... These are horrible decisions that we want no one to ever have to make. They are psychological problems, yes. Yeah, this, they, they are dilemmas. They're not supposed to have an easy right answer, I think. I don't, I don't think, Romeo. I don't think there ever is a right answer with these kinds of dilemmas. I think it's just telling us to what kind of person you are. Yeah, or what state you're in, I suppose. But it was kind of the uh, dilemma that the state was in at the beginning of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, where they wanted to flatten the curve. They kept saying flatten the curve because they didn't want to be in the same position that Italy was in, where they had to decide who to provide a ventilator to because they just didn't have it enough. Mm-hmm. So mean, we wanted people to not be in the hospital. So we wanted people to isolate and, uh, you know, at least... Not all get the virus at the same time, so that maybe when they got to the hospital, there would be a ventilator if they needed one. Mm-hmm. Kind of goofed that one up. Well, we kind of goofed it up, but yeah. I don't think we ran out of ICU beds here locally. There's still time. Um, they got close. They got really close. I think they used up every bed, but they might have had a couple more they could have added. Yeah, so I think, my bad for asking a depressing question. Okay, and on that note... How about we wind this up on something more positive? Okay, do you have a question for us, or...? I don't. You got another one? Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I could. I got one. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Bubblegum. Bubblegum ice cream? Okay, no, actually, that's not... <laughs> like that... Mom, I know you... That's not true. You I like... don't think they even make that flavor they, anymore. Yes, they do. They do? They do? Yeah. They also make cotton candy flavor. Well, I don't know that I want that one. I do like some cotton candy, but I think I like the the feeling of that sugar, that sponge sugar that melts on your tongue. Mm. Um, yeah, but not for it. When I was in elementary school, sometimes we would take walks to go to, I can't remember where we went, but we would stop by uh, the ice cream shop. And we if we brought money, we could get an ice cream cone. And they had excellent bubblegum flavored ice cream. Mm. So, no. Any other day of the week or now, I think I would take chocolate, but I do have triple chocolate in the freezer. That is quite excellent. I think that triple chocolate's gone now. I can buy more. Don't worry. Okay. If I'm going to like an event or something or I'm walking around the marketplace here in Bakersfield, I think I'll stop by like the Cold Stone Creamery and get the cotton candy ice cream. But if I'm just at home and I'm just relaxing, having a nice night, a nice evening, I'm going to go with either... Plain old chocolate or vanilla. Okay. How about you, Michael? I think I'd pick mint chocolate chip. Mm. Yeah. I like it because it's green. <laughs> Do you like pistachio? No. Not green enough. Yeah. Too green. I don't know. Do you need some speckles in your green? Honestly, I just like mint. Uh, mint's a good flavor and like adding a little bit, of, not too much chocolate. They can't be like big chocolate chips. Right. But like... Just enough that you've got the flavor, but not so much you have to bite into it. Yeah. I'm the opposite way. I would like chocolate ice cream with, like, mint chips in it. Ooh. That would actually probably be really good. Yeah. This is... Okay, so here's here's a fun thing. Uh, apparently, I think Arby's has a mint chocolate chip shake that they have year-round, which made me horribly frustrated because McDonald's only serves shamrock shakes, like... A month out of the year. Yeah. Right, if, during like March, around... If, uh, if that. Yeah. And I feel like now I've been scammed my entire life thinking I was limited in time to get this delicious mint shake. Whoa. Yeah. Well, we... then, then you have to weigh the theological implication, not theological, the moral implications of ordering Arby's. I really like Arby's. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your friend works at Arby's. Uh, yeah. I talk to her sometimes when what? I see her there. Yeah. What is immoral about Arby's? Yeah, they have the meats. <laughs> That's not that immoral. Okay, but maybe <laughs> in season two, we'll do a taste test 
of the Arby's mint chocolate chip shake. I refuse to eat from Arby's. Well, then you don't get to have any. Okay. If you bring me a mint chocolate shake, I'll eat it, but not from Arby's. No. You don't get any. Any? Any. You have to be able to compare. Any mint chocolate chip shake? You're not getting any. Any mint chocolate chip shake? Nope. Any? So, this is the last episode of season one, John. Do you have a wonderful little bit of wisdom to end this with? Tell us something very wise. If you've cooked vegetables, eat them quickly. They are better warm. I mean, that's better than some of the other things he's done. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not wrong either. Like, it's better to have warm, sweet carrots than, like, cold, hardened, slightly sweet carrots that have been cooked. Because then it's just sad. Or like a salad. So, yeah. You can have a warm salad, I guess, but like, eh. I mean, if you heat up vegetables, you probably don't want to eat them then when they're cold. Yeah, you're heating them for a reason. Oh, there's a good piece of wisdom. If you're eating a salad, don't stick it in the oven. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, that that has personal history behind it. (laughs) The oven wasn't on. Well, it It was just warm. It was. And then the salad was warm. (laughs) And then dinner was good night, everyone. See you next time. Hope you enjoyed. We'll be back at some point, maybe at the beginning of October, like last time. That's when we recorded the last ones. Wait, are we stopping until February again? I don't know. Mom said two weeks. Mom said we'd take a two week break, which, like, would just be long enough for us to skip an episode. Okay. Well, I guess we better come at it full force then. You gonna step up to the plate this time, Michael? Why would I be stepping up at the plate? Baseball metaphor. I, I, don't, I, I don't play baseball. Do you play metaphor? No. Hey, did you hear that Vin Scully started a YouTube channel? Who's I that? don't know who that is. He's the announcer for the Dodgers. He has been with the Dodgers since they were in Brooklyn. He moved to, with them to Los Angeles. And he's like 92 and he retired four years ago, but now he's back. I did that, not know that. That poor man let him rest. Uh, it I sounds like he's doing it because he wants to. He doesn't oh. like rest. He's tried it. Cause you know, uh, has he like really tried it though? I think so. Okay. Four years. I guess, yeah, I guess that's long enough to try out resting. I don't think I'd be able to rest for four years. That's a long nap. I don't know. I probably, I probably could.